In today's Live Treasured podcast, what to do when instability creates insecurity. Ready? Let's do this. Faith-filled, awesome women of God. I am Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries, and I want to say a big hello and so glad that you are here for the Live Treasured podcast. You know, as women, time is seriously our most valuable commodity, and I'm honored that you would spend this time uh, listening to this podcast. And for those reasons, I want to make this time productive, and I have a great message to share with you today straight from the Word of God. I want to talk to you today about what to do when instability in your life produces insecurity, specifically asking for God's presence versus making an artificial God. Now, as you know, we've been walking through this four-part series on what does it mean to die to self? And one thing that we've seen very clearly from scripture is that a big part of what it means to die to ourselves is that we live for God, that we're set apart for him. But oftentimes, when our lives become um, unstable, it can produce insecurity, and the insecurity can make us impatient and panic and push us to not make wise choices. I know that's definitely happened to me. But I want to flip all of this inside of this podcast and just toss this out to you. What if we saw our instability um, as an incredible opportunity to push us into God's presence and take us deeper there? The antithesis of that is latching on to another person or something else and making it our God. Because the truth of the matter is, is that all of us want to feel secure. We're looking for that secure leadership inside of our life. And as we have said in previous podcasts, that our call, our calling will come with cost and that the enemy of our soul uh, knows that. And he knows that dying to self is the doorway to life, but so he's going to use self-preservation and all of these things, self-reliance, self-protection to get you, to prevent you from putting yourself all out there for your purpose, from serving God completely, right? And so, and and in doing that, we miss out on God's best. And none of us listening today because we are human beings, are prone to our hearts not wandering from uh, God being first priority inside of our life. Because really, that's a big part of what it means to die to ourselves, is to be completely faithful, not to a person, we talked about that, but to the Lord. And on on paper, a lot of times inside of our quiet time, we go to church, we sing the worship hymn, and we're ready to be faithful to God. But what happens 
when life becomes unstable. And when life becomes unstable, we experience that insecurity. And sometimes inside of those yucky feelings of insecurity, we can panic, we can make impatient decisions and create an artificial God instead of asking for God's presence. So that's my that's the teaching um, that I'm going to be taking you in today. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 32 uh, through 33. And as our scripture opens up, it's the lovely story of the Israelites and the golden calf. Basically, uh, it's chapter 32 inside of the book of Exodus opens up. The Israelites have been led out of their misery, their bondage, their slavery inside of Egypt uh, through Moses's leadership. God called Moses to rescue, to take the people out of Egypt, to lead them through the promised land. And uh, so these Israelites have been following Moses. Well, Moses goes up to be with God to receive instructions for how to build the tabernacle, and he's with God for 40 days and 40 nights. And so what happens is these Israelites who have been following Moses, um, and he's led them, he's led them not only out of Egypt, he's led them through you know, they couldn't find water, the whole thing with no food and then manna. And so Moses, Moses has been a good, godly leader inside of, of their life. I mean, he, he has, he's, he's a good man and he's followed God and he's, he's gotten them out of, of their misery. And so it's no wonder that when Moses is missing, that the Israelites panic. They don't see Moses for 40 days and 40 nights, and they lost sight. They, When he left for a long time, they lost sight of the secure leadership, and, and they panic. And I mean, we can't throw the Israelites under the bus, right? Because who wouldn't, right? You, you grew up inside of this misery and boundary. Here was somebody that led you out of it, and so now they're not here. They've been gone for a long time. And I'm sure that fear sets back in and panic sets back in. And that's exactly uh, what happens to the Israelites. 32 verse 1. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said. Make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. And so we see there that the Israelites had found security in, in Moses' leadership after leaving their life of bondage. But when Moses left them for a long time and they lost sight of his secure leadership, they panicked. And the, the instability of not having that stable leader gave way to their insecurity and these impulsive actions, right? Like going to Aaron, make us a God. Make us a God that, that can lead us. We need a leader, and so what they were seeing with their physical eyes really was 
Moses had left, they probably questioned, I don't know if he's going to come come back or not. And to be fair to the Israelites, I mean, their leaders before were Egyptians who, you know, were treating them very harshly, right? And even though Moses was a good leader, how many of you know, perhaps that you know a woman who has been through um, an, an abusive marriage and now she's married to a godly man, but, but even in that, it's kind of hard to trust that leadership. And I, I think that that is exactly what was going on uh, with the with the Israelites. Um, so they saw that Moses had left with their eyes, and I think that they assumed, you know, we don't know if he's coming back, and they panicked. That's what they saw with their physical eyes. Um, but that wasn't the truth. Moses was coming back. He was still their leader. And the big bottom line that they failed to see is that it it wasn't Moses that rescued them out of slavery, that it was really the Lord. It was God all along who rescued them out of slavery. And God reminds this them of this. You know, I am the one who rescued you out of slavery. I am the one who redeemed you with an outstretched arm. That's in Exodus chapter 6. And then God even instituted something called the Passover, which was a celebration that would cause them to reflect back on their rescue, and really to remember that it was God that rescued them in the first place, right? But so in this, they've still panicked though, okay? Um, And the truth was, is that, you know, they couldn't see Moses. They didn't really feel maybe God's leadership in this, but that wasn't the truth. The truth was is that God had never uh, left sight of the Israelites and that Moses was still leading them. But sometimes, especially when you've struggled with codependency like I have, and you used to get, used to be externally referenced, meaning that you got your security, your worth and value out of your what your circumstances told you or what or from other people that when there was instability okay because Moses left um and and you're putting your faith all in external resources then then you can start to panic you can start to panic right because oh my goodness i i feel insecure i i feel uh, not stable and and much like uh if if you have somebody that loves you and encourages you and then you know they're not there for whatever reason i mean you might panic and say i, I need more validation from a person right does that make sense um and, and here's what i want you to see too and i think that to me this is just a good little wake-up call for all of us, and it's sort of been uh, in and out of the four parts of this podcast series about dying to self, is that we're not to be attached to another person, that God is God in our lives, and that ultimately, He is our leader. And that's very critical, because even the rock stars out there who are following the Lord, right, like Moses was, you know, Moses was a great leader. He wasn't perfect, but he was a great leader. He was a great godly man. The Bible says that he was humble. Even those people, just because of life in general, they're, they're not omnipresent. They can't be there with us all the time. And 
you know, I love that we're living in a day and age where we can go on YouTube and we can listen to all these podcasts and we can get great biblical teaching from strong Christian leadership, but we must always remember that God should be God and that ultimately that that he's our leader. And so I just want to encourage you that way to not get your heart set on any spiritual leader. In fact, I think that a good leader will always push you to um, to develop that relationship with the Lord and let him be your leader. And certainly at Treasured Ministries with the Nourish Method and all that we do, that is that is what we want. We want every woman to understand that God wants to speak to her, that God wants to take her hand and, and lead her. And um, and so, so then when that happens, when seasons change and life change and people in our life come and go, there won't be this, um, this, this instability, right, in, inside of our life. But, but nevertheless, okay, so you and I crave leadership in our life so much so that when there's a void in it, that the, the craving for that leadership is still there. And we cave into that void by creating new God's to lead us. And so instead of um, going to God and asking God, a lot of times we'll go for what's quick. We'll go for that artificial route. We'll call our friends on the phone and get that validation or ask for advice or whatever instead of first going to God. And that's exactly what the Israelites do. Now let's listen to see how Aaron responds. Verse two. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, oh Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. All right, first point in this Aaron says, take the gold rings from your ears of your wives and your sons and daughters and bring them to me. Now, those gold earrings, do you know those were actually, those were provision from God. That was a gift from the Lord. When the Israelites left Egypt, do you know what God provided for them? He provided for them out of plunder from Egypt, out of the wealth of from the Egyptians, the Israelites were uh, opened up the door and they were allowed to take that wealth. And I want you to see that the earrings that they wore were not the problem. The provision was not the problem. It was the promotion of the provision that presented the problem. And we can even take blessings in our life that God has given us, our husband, our children, whatever it may be. And we can promote it to a place where it has gained idol status. And that will prevent you from dying to self, right? To, to live for the Lord completely. And so... This is key. It wasn't the blessing. It wasn't the provision that was the problem. That was a gift from God. It was in promoting the provision that it then became uh, a problem. 
And, and you know, when we do this sometimes, listen to what the Israelites said. It said, you know, when the people saw it, they exclaimed, oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And then verse five, Aaron saw how excited the people were. So he built an altar in front of the calf. Then he announced tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. Tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. So you know what they did? They not even, they not only promoted it to an idol status, they spiritualized the whole thing. And I, I can be guilty, right, of that too. Are, are you taking a provision that God has given you? Are you promoting it to idol status? And then you're just spiritualizing the whole thing, like your parenting or, or whatever it may be. You're, you're, you're putting it to this place where it's, where it's driving your decisions and, and you even spiritualize. You're spiritualizing the whole thing. Uh, thing. Um, and we can even do that in our service with the Lord, you know, for years inside of my codependency, it looked so spiritual on the outside. It looked so gosh darn righteous from the outside. And my heart motive was completely wrong because I was trying to cover shame. I wanted you to see me as perfect. I wanted to perform for you. I wanted to please you, right? Because I was looking for that validation. And here's the thing. Do you see this? The validation from people, that's not a bad thing. It's when we take the provision and we promote it to idle status. I've got to have this. This defines my worth and value, et cetera, et cetera. And then we can spiritualize it. You know, say, I'm serving others. I'm, I'm doing all this other uh, sort of things. And, and the other thing that I want you to see about it is, you know, whatever we bow down to, we will be bound to. That they took the calf, they promoted it to that idol status, and then my goodness gracious me, they set up an altar before it and they were going to worship it. And whatever you worship, whatever you bound to, you will be bowed down to. And the golden calf had zero power to help them. People do not have the power to give you what you need. Only God has that power. The other thing is that we can oftentimes with our idol making fall back into past patterns. In other words, in the commentary that I read, uh, making of the golden calf, that was very um, much done in Egypt. And so they, they saw this. They saw this. This is something that they were comfortable with. And I want to ask you a question. What did you marinate in growing up that you saw that? You saw that over and over and over again. And so then when your instability comes you pull back to what's comfortable. That's a part of the reaction that we can do to feel secure and comfortable again, right? But you know what? It ended up creating a whole lot of problems for them, a whole lot of problems. And God told Moses, you better come down from this mountain and take a look at what's going on. And let me tell you that Moses, he got so angry. He got angry at those Israelites. He got mad at Aaron. You know what? He got so angry that he made them, he melted that calf and he made them drink it and a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm not going to go into it. You can read about it. But what I want you to see is that it didn't turn out good 
It didn't turn out good. That golden calf didn't turn out good for the Israelites. And any time we take a provision and promote it uh, to an idol status, it will eventually become a problem for us. Um, but what if, what if, because we're all going to experience instability, right? Inside of our life. I mean, inside of our world, we certainly know that after COVID, uh, inside of people, because even the most godly people, they can't be there for us 24 seven. But what if the instability that produced our insecurity was now viewed as an incredible opportunity to die to self, right? Trying to get needs met through making artificial God and to push into God's presence. Instead, what if we, when we started to panic, instead of trying to make a pretend God, what if we pushed into God's presence? What if we prized God's presence over perfect circumstances, over perfect people, anything like that. You know what? It is in God's presence, not perfect circumstances or a person that we find our security. It is in his perfect love. Perfect love drives out all fear. And you know what else it does? It drives out your idols. Because the truth about it is you can't take them down. You've got to get inside the presence of God and let him take down those idols. Now, I want you to think about how the Israelites panicked, reacted to their instability. And now I want you to think about Moses. Moses, he's been charged with taking the Israelites into the promised land. He's got this big purpose. And then here are the Israelites like ruining everything. Like he gets so upset, he smashes those 10 commandments. I mean, he's like freaking out. Okay. So Moses is experiencing an instability, but what does Moses do? Moses does not make a false God. Moses asks for God's presence. He asks for God's presence. Starting in uh, Exodus 33, starting in verse 12, it says, One day Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me who you will send with me. You told me, I know you by name and I look favorably upon you. If this is true, that you look favorably upon me, let me know your ways so that I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember that this nation is your very own people. And so Moses, in that passage, did you hear him? He said, you haven't told me who's going to go with me. You've told me to go to the promised land. And so, you know, Moses was asking not, can you get me into the promised land? He was like, who who is going to be with me? He prized God's presence over his purpose, over getting into the promised land. The Lord comes back and reassures Moses, verse 14, I'll personally go with you, Moses, and I'll give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Don't you love it when God speaks a word like that? I mean, it it can just bring, in other words, in that moment, Moses' circumstance, they weren't changed, but he heard the word of the Lord. And sometimes when you get inside of your quiet time, 
for me, I know if I can just hear a word from the Lord, it makes all the difference. Verse 15, then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. In other words, Moses prized the presence of God over perfect circumstances. You know what? Moses was like, you want to know what, God? I've lived in the palace. I know you said we're going to the promised land. But if I have to stay in the wilderness and to have your presence, I'll take that over those other places any day. Do you prize the presence of God over perfect circumstances. Verse 17, the Lord again reassures reassures Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked for. I will look favorably upon you and I know you by name. And then Moses responds, then show me your glorious presence. Mm. If the panic in our life, when it sets in, when there's instability and insecurity, and we all have triggers for what makes us insecure, whatever that is for you, but whenever we felt that way, what if we responded with that prayer, Lord, show me your glorious presence. And God answered that prayer. And it's a beautiful passage. I invite you to read it. We're running short on time, so I'm not going to. But what I want you to understand is that when God came to Moses and showed him his presence, the first thing he did is he revealed who he was. says this, I will make my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I show mercy on anyone I choose and a compassion on whom I choose. And then in verse 5, it's, excuse me, in verse 6, 34, 6, it says, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion to the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. So the very first thing that God does is he sh- he show, reveals to Moses who he is. You know, we were talking about this inside of my um, Zoom small group that I have with the Treasure Tribe this morning, and we were talking about how, you know, when you feel insecure, (laughs) there's nothing more powerful than remembering who God is. You know, turning on worship music that talks about the character God and just cranking it up so God reveals who he is and when he does that it's like we're reminded oh yeah like you're big and awesome and powerful you've got this because you are God God not only revealed to who he was to Moses he reminded Moses uh, of his covenant promises to him and then he reassured Moses of his presence. He had already done that, right? Three times already. He does it again. God is so good to us. And also inside of this exchange with God, Moses receives instructions for his next steps. And when you go inside God's presence, you know, and we cry out to him, and God reveals who he is, and we, Lord, show us your glory, 
that it's also inside of the presence that we receive those next steps. You know, when life is unstable and we don't know what to do, you know, um, we can go into God's presence and ask him, what next? What next is my next step to take? And here's the most beautiful thing. When you take that next step, and it can be the most mundane, little itty-bitty step, it is so awesome when God shows up because When you do that, when you follow through, not only receive the step, but heed the step, that to me is what makes my confidence grow and grow and grow in the fact that God is my leader and that as long as I have him, that I have a security that the world or no person could ever give me. So you hear God's step and then you be faithful to take that steps and in that experience of walking by faith, that further helps to build confidence um, in God's leadership for your life. And then it says, and this is like a great bonus of being with the Lord, that, that Moses was radiant. In fact, he was so radiant that people, I mean, he had to put a veil over his face because people uh, could, could not look at him. But the point that I want you to see is that in both cases, they experienced instability, Moses and the Israelites. But Moses took that opportunity to press into the presence of God. You know, when we die to self, We've talked about how we're set apart to live for God. And that when you and I prize the presence of God, it gives us that courage to not create an artificial God and to walk out, to put ourselves all out there for God's purpose, no matter what. And that's exactly how Paul lived Um, in 2 Corinthians 3, 4. It says this, um, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be seen in our bodies. Now, where where did this confidence come from? See, Paul, Paul in that passage, Paul had security despite instability. And so can we. We can too, but it's not found in a person or perfect circumstances. It is found in the perfect love of Christ. And here's the cool thing. Okay, Moses came into God's presence, like we talked about when he said, show me your glory. God allowed him into his presence. And back in that specific time in scripture, we know um, that it wasn't just like you just went into God's presence, right? I mean, there was a tabernacle that had to be built and all these sacrifices that had to be made. But you know, in the new covenant that Jesus has provided a way for all who believe to go into God's glorious presence in that same passage in Scripture, but going back to chapter 3, 2 Corinthians 3, 
12 says this, since this new way gives us confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened and to this day, wherever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they can't understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read the truth, um, when they read the, read, excuse me, when they read Moses' writing, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. But if you believe in Christ, right, that veil, that separation is lifted. And then it says, but whenever, whenever, Ever somebody turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. And so today, all you and I have to do is to turn. Turn away from what you're afraid of. Turn away from what's calling you, causing you instability and insecurity. Don't beat yourself up or feel ashamed for having those feelings of insecurity and worry as a Christian, let them be an incredible opportunity for you to turn, turn to the Lord and come into his presence. What does it mean to die to self? (laughs) It means to have the confidence to live and not worry about imperfect circumstances. It means to keep serving God despite everything else going around you. And that can only happen when you and I understand that there is a precious gift of God's presence. And inside of his presence, as we pull away, we find strength to flourish. I don't know who it was inside of your life who was supposed to be a leader and maybe let you down, but I'm here to encourage you today that the Lord is a mighty, powerful, strong, secure leader. And today, if you press into his presence, he's got words of reassuring love and his promises just for you. Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening to today's message. And if you would like to learn more about how to walk with the Lord, how to press into His presence through the study of His Word, how to make Him the leader of your life, I want to invite you to visit our website and look at some of our resources and join the Treasure Tribe I would love to study God's Word with you. You know, one of the things that we do inside of the Treasure Tribe is we have that weekly Zoom meeting with each other, and we just have the best time together. So if that's something that you're interested in doing, head on over to our website. Hey, thanks again for spending this time with us. You have an awesome, amazing week. And finally, thank you, donors. It is because of you that we're able to do all that we do at Treasured Ministries, and we are grateful. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.